What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Leadership Locker. Today we have Quentin Alums. He goes by Q, and I've seen him on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram like a zillion times. But it's not about what I've seen that has intrigued me. It's about the amount of times his names come up in the creative community through interviews I've had or friends I have. And it just seems like he's responsible for helping so many people break out, including himself. But if you've heard of Jackie Ermes, Shay Robottom, uh, just people like that, there is something strange going on in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and a lot of people point to Q. So Q is the co-founder of Strange On Purpose Studios, which was formerly known as Urban Misfit Ventures. He's into lead generation, personal branding, videography, storytelling, gaming. Uh, he has a Humans at Game podcast. I mean, the dude has his hands in everything and he's young. And when you come across people like this, I always just know I'm immediately going to be intrigued by how they think. And, you know, I'm not sure this is the correct term, but I just feel like he's an old soul in a good way, meaning he's just a head. He, he's a head in mindset, in maturity, in desire, in vision, in confidence, like all that stuff. So it was fantastic interviewing Q. Uh, and while um, this is the Leadership Locker episode 43, I also wanted to make sure I got a little bit of content for the Being Black series I'm hosting on LinkedIn. And you know what? Uh, he did not disappoint in either regard. So please check Q out and know that this episode is brought to you by Rich Cardona Media, where we believe your value can only be realized if you are visible, which is why we film, edit, and distribute content for you specifically on LinkedIn so you can blow up. No BS. We have great, fantastic strategies. We will work tirelessly for you so you don't have to do any of the heavy lifting associated with really building your brand. So reach out to us if you want to chat. Eliza at richcardonamedia.com or rich at richcardonamedia.com. Let's get into it. Here we go. All right. So I'm here with Q. You already got the, the intro and we're going to get into what I've been dying to talk about. So I interviewed your COO not long ago, uh, had Shay Robottom on this and I would consider she and I friends at this point. Uh, I had Jackie on talking about marketing during COVID. Like what does it look like? Uh, real good stuff. And your name comes up in so many different conversations, man. And I want to ask you a real simple question. How is it that you have Milwaukee, <laughs> Milwaukee, Wisconsin, as like this hotbed of creativity where it's like a talent factory coming out and you, all the fingers point to you. Everyone gives you the credit, man. What is that all about? Dude, I would say it's all perception, you know, like <laughs> it's all optics. You can make anything look good. The thing that I would say I do do well is identify talent. Like that, that's probably my favorite thing. Like I know I do some cool stuff, but there's so many way, way more talented people than me out there, dude. I, 
and they're everywhere. It's not just Milwaukee. Milwaukee, like is, you ask anyone here, it's not a hotbed for creativity. It's not a creative hub. I think we want to be, we've got a lot of creative people. We've got a lot of people that leave. I would say for me though, it was just me deciding that I didn't have the sport that I needed. So I'm going to go out and find people that I wanted to see succeed. And it just kind of fell in place, you know, like I got lucky. I started at a good time and I was doing all these things. And then all these people started flocking to me or I went to them. I, I don't know. I would say it's a lot. It's a lot of optics. So, you know, like <laughs> it's easy to make something look sexy. It's easy yeah. to make something well, look good. So when you identify talent, what does that look like? Uh, like, what do you say? How does, how does it come across? Are they like, yeah. dude, who the hell are you? Like, what is it like? It, it depends what it is. You know, like one of my business partners now, um, Eric Didier, I found him on Twitter, like just a lot of Twitter followers, you know, like a gamer. So I was like, hell yeah, we got to beat. I was like, dude, like you're mad talented. There's a huge gap on LinkedIn. We should create. And he created it every day. We started a business together. And then another one of my business partners who's now focused on something else, his name is Brema, um, Optic Legacy. He was just featured in Vogue, you know, like I told him the moment I met him, you are one of those people. I'm like, I'm going to say like, everyone's going to say, I knew you win. And I've been telling him that like forever. And people are starting to say that the dude is incredibly talented. I've got his work. You can't see it. It's like right there. It should be in a museum, you know, mm -hmm. it's. And for him, it was just us doing something cool. And I was like, yeah, come in. I'm going to show you what it's like to actually have someone value your work, you know? And we've learned so much from him. And I, I hope I've taught him some things too, but it just depends what it is. Like people like Shay and um, Jackie, like that was more like a pitch, you know, because they were clients at the time. Um, <laughs> but then again, you know, like a lot of them, they know they're talented. They know they've got that it factor. Just a matter of convincing them that you can help them get to where they're trying to go a lot faster. When you say you want to see people win, I completely understand. And at the same time, you're still trying to build something, right? So where is that kind of divide where you're like, shit, like I need to do, I need to do me. I need to be doing all this other stuff, but I really want these other people to win. Like, what does that look like for you? And how do you process that to make sure you don't overdo it on either side? Yeah. So a lot has changed for our company. So we're no longer doing personal branding work. I'm doing some like freelance wise, yep. um, but throughout the past two years, kind of how that worked. Initially, it was all me. I did the strategy. I did everything. Um, I was even holding the camera for a long time um, and then Dids would edit. Um, and then it was like, okay, how do we get everything out of my head and remove me from this process? How do we get a system in place? And that was the most difficult thing for me, dude. Like the most difficult thing. Yeah. Uh, we did it. And for a good year and a half, we had killer results and I wasn't part of the process outside of selling and checking in here and there and making sure everything was going on. So I would say that was a big thing, just understanding what goes into it. And I wish when I was starting, I just documented it all. I did yeah. this, I did this, because there's a lot of little nuances and things that you do, like um, getting someone to be uncomfortable or comfortable on camera, you know, like all these little things that I just never put onto paper mm -hmm. uh, that helped a lot, you know? So making sure that that's documented and getting out of the way so that other people can do it was a big, big, big thing for me. Um, it's hard. I, now, like, and you say from like me versus them or my business versus our clients, it's difficult when you see it. It's cool, but it's also very hard when you see a client, wow, they just made that much money. And I just made this much money. Like, or, wow, they have that many followers and I'm still here. It's very hard. But then again, like I was a ghostwriter for two years before all of this. And then I, I still do some ghostwriting. And you learn so much when you're telling other people's stories. You learn so much about yourself. 
And same, same goes for clients, you know, like you can apply those same things that you're doing with them to yourself and you should I think everyone should, but it is, it is a tricky balance and something I'm honestly looking to get away from. So we're working on more films and documentaries, not yeah. so much client work, some like on like the creative side, but that's about it. So now I really get to focus on me, which is, it's exciting, man. So when you're talking about, I was holding the camera, I used to do the same thing. And it's like, there's this the goal is to not do that. So you could free your mind to do all these other things and you could think bigger, right? We always need to be thinking bigger. How do you, you said it was difficult, but how do you pass it over? Meaning, you know, when you're like, I need to get all this out of my head because you know, there's going to be an element, whether you like it or not, of micromanaging to be like, this is how it has to be done because I know this is how it works. How do you develop the yeah. trust to do that? There's a, there's a good book that our business coach, our previous business coach had us read called Rocket Fuel, which essentially said that there, it, it, talks about the relationship between the visionary and the integrator, basically. The visionary is the one that like, okay, this is the vision for the business. Integrator, I'm gonna run the business. Sometimes they're the same person, but essentially it's, there should be one person that is accountable for every area of the business. One person, not two, not three, not four, one person. It could be the same person across, but one person. Hmm. Um, and when we really started focusing on those things, I am really good in vision you know i'm good in marketing too but if you just let me focus on the future where we're going big problems i'll fucking crush it yeah, like yeah. that's that's where i'm good you know and talent like that's where i'm good and when i understood that and i started seeing the results it was a lot easier for me to let go it was also freeing you know I, but wow i don't have to spend four hours like writing copy that's really yeah. cool i could spend it over here and we're gonna make more money and we like when we really dialed in on that like we made what we were making in a year, in a month, like, mm. like, like that, you know, and then COVID happened, but it's, a if you could eliminate all the success you've had and you're like, okay, like I got to start from scratch. This is, this is what I absolutely love to do. What would that be? Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm there now, you know, um, I'm making a huge play in esports. Yeah. Um, but podcast start yet or did, or yeah, yeah. so the podcast is going, um, I was trying to do so much, too much, so it's kind of been on hold, but it's going. And then we're doing some stuff in our company podcast. But if I had to do one thing, uh, and this includes my company now, it's it's telling stories and experiences, creating experiences and telling stories around those, um, just so the pe just so people that view them and people that go to those experiences can see the world a little bit differently. Like I, I see that's where my main passion lies, whether that's in esports or. Um, colonization of mars whatever it is you know it's yeah. the stories and the experiences what what are the stories that you see that people are just like wow and it could be your own or it could be some of the people that you worked with in the past but like what is the attractor because i think this is something people get wrong a lot of people love to tell their company story that no one gives a shit about especially your mission and your vision like yeah. okay what's different so what do you see that works yeah um the main thing for me and i've been thinking about this a lot you know whether you're on tiktok you're on LinkedIn, you're on Facebook, you're, it doesn't matter. Like one, the biggest thing is that you know who you are as a brand or you know who you are as a person. That's the most important thing. Um, but two, like, where are you going? And I would say that's where a lot of people lack, but even further than where are you going? Where are you taking the person that's consuming that story? Where are they going with you? How are you helping them get there with you? And that's the most important part. If you're on, and I, this is the thing that I lack most on TikTok, you know? Cause I'm going to focus a lot more there. And I was thinking about it. I was like, what is wrong with me? Like I can do this on any other platform. I've done this with other people. What the hell is wrong with me? And I thought about it and it's like, okay, 
where the hell am I going? Like I'm posting stuff about me speaking, but there's no real relatability factor. I'm talking to a completely different audience than what I'm used to, you know, completely different age demographic. Where am I going? Wow, I want to be an author. Like there's that thing, right? Okay, that thing, where am I going? And it's relatable because other people want to be that author as well. That's just a very, very specific example. Yeah. But you got to take people on a journey, you know? Yeah. I would say that's, that's what a lot of people forget it's like hey here's my story i was here and now i'm here and that's that's it let's get back to the journey question you say you got to take someone from here to here but you're an entrepreneur i'm an entrepreneur you're like okay like monday doesn't look like fucking tuesday and neither does wednesday you know like i could be on a journey right now of trying to you know three x this company or whatever i could be on this journey right now be like i'm getting lewis house on this podcast i mean the journeys are different so how do you do that as someone who's a creator like how do how do like those things are competing right they're competing priorities all probably part of the large journey but what advice would you give to people who are like what should i stick with yeah man like i was what's a book uh this is not a t-shirt by bobby hundreds like hands down one of my favorite books right now um second time reading through it and there's a section that's talking about like when he started his blog you know and he said like creators today like it used to be about i want to make the world a better place i want to tell a story about other things and now it's i'm an influencer i'm going to tell a story about myself (laughs) and i i fuck with that you know and it's I've been having so much fun with my newsletter and my company newsletter because I'm just talking to talk because this is how I feel. This is where I'm at. And I know it's terrible advice to say, just do whatever you want because there's got to be a mission. There's got to be strategy. There's got to be goals. You got to track it. There's all that stuff. Yes. But if you're just posting what everybody else is posting on TikTok, you might get some viral stuff, right? Mm -hmm. You might stand out. You might, whatever, you might get some influencer deals, but you will not last just like everyone on buying. There's a reason there's only like 10 people that you remember, right? Because they were authentic and they were doing what they wanted to do or they were there first, you know, and with what you stick with, I think right away, like when I was starting on LinkedIn, people were like, stop posting videos. This is the dumbest thing. This is not the platform. And then like three months later, people were like, post videos, post videos, post videos. And that's, that's just the wrong way to look at it. It's yeah. not about videos. It's not about writing. It's not about photos. It's about not feeding into the algorithm and letting the, it's about you doing which, oh my God, it's not about letting the algorithm dictate what you post. It's about yeah. letting the algorithm work for you. So yeah. what you stick with, again, what do you want to be doing? And then what are you good at? I'm a, a writer. Like I'm known for video, but I'm a writer. My writing is a reason why my videos do so well. Yeah. Um, and it, it's hard to juggle those things, you know? Like, I just, I don't think I can answer it on a level that's like, yeah, do this and you'll be good because I think it's different for everybody. I'm totally down to like hop on a video call and help people brainstorm. But anyone yeah. says that there's a one size fits all is bullshit. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with that. So let me ask you this and then we're going to get into um, other things. You said you were a ghostwriter. Yeah. I, so I didn't... This, this shows how much uh, I didn't do my homework and I don't like to do my homework on purpose because like, I just want to talk, man. So I have in my tasks to do find copy, uh, find ghostwriter, copywriter for podcasts. And here I am talking to one right now. This is the one main question I knew I was going to have for that one. When does someone admit they have a writing problem? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like this is not working out. Uh, I think my videos are good. And, and how do they pinpoint that that might be the quarter turn they need to like actually win? Yeah, I would ask people, honestly, writing is the most underrated skill. Mm-hmm. Like I love it. 
people think they don't read, but people read a lot, you know, mm. text messages, emails, like copy <laughs> on social media, like people read a lot. Um, I would say you pinpoint it just like any other issue. Are you a good singer? You probably could be a decent singer, like anyone could, it's all about the ear, but are you a good singer? You know, like listen to yourself, ask somebody, it's the same thing. Um, and I, I'm curious about everything, dude. Like yeah. I wanna know everything. I wanna be good at everything and it's my downfall. It's a great strength, but it's my downfall too. So I made a list, everything that I'm doing. And it took me a while to narrow it down because I'm just obsessive, but I basically scratched off 70% of the things that were on there and I was left with this 30%. And those are the activities that if I do them, I will get to where I'm trying to go faster. Yes. Someone asked me, if you could get to your 10 year goal in one week, what were the activities that you would do? That's what you should ask yourself. And if writing's not on there, outsource it, you know, have someone else do it because it is important. But I love that. Damn. All right. Well, I guess I got to get my list going. I've been doing a series called Being Black on LinkedIn. And so I'm like, I'm just going to talk to people because why don't you tell me what I'm not seeing? And what we've been doing is like you love and like I love is storytelling. Like I'm like, hit me with the stories and the stories have been unbelievable. And there's actually, my last one was from Milwaukee and she asked me to connect uh, you guys. She's an educator in Milwaukee. Nice. She's mixed and she was ostracized from her family for years and years and years because uh, her mother married black. Hmm. So anyway, uh, have you always been in Milwaukee? I guess is my first question. And I'm, then, uh, I'm from Minneapolis section. Okay, there you go. So tell me the first remnants in your memory that you're like, something is off here and whether you recognized it from being warned or this was just a complete surprise. Yeah, dude, I've got stories for days, man. Like I, um, I think my, my grandma is from San Sebastian, Puerto Rico. I grew up mm. speaking Spanish. Um, I'm predominantly black, but mm -hmm. um, grew up speaking Spanish, went to Spanish school, you know? You notice right away that things are different. Um, it was like a very diverse like school, but predominantly Spanish. Mm -hmm. Stand out. I remember like going door to door for something. And I remember what it was like selling chocolate bars or something in like this rich neighborhood and having the door slammed in my face. Like, so I knew right away that people looked at me differently. You have those conversations that everyone talks about, like, if you ever get pulled over, um, if you're driving in a rich neighborhood, this is gonna happen, call me right away. Like, don't, don't be too angry, Q. Like, you're gonna scare people. Like, you, like, you know right away, right away. Um, and it's the same in business, you know? Like, it's, I never wanted to be known as a black entrepreneur, and I didn't understand the significance of that until recently, you know, with everything until recently. I haven't embraced it because I just, I'm competitive. I want to be the best. I want to be the best at what I do. And I don't want race to be a part of it. And now like I'm thinking back to like my little brother, you know, or mm -hmm. me growing up and not seeing people like me do the things that I wanted to do. So I don't know. It's so, always, always been a thing. To peel back that onion a little bit. So you said you never wanted to be a black entrepreneur, so to speak. And then what do you mean that it's changed? Do you feel an inherent responsibility now. I mean, you are in a place, you are in a geographical region where in my opinion, it is not favorable for someone who looks like you to thrive. Maybe LA, New York, Miami, wherever. But like, what is it about you that's allowed that to happen? And then second, like, what do you mean you didn't want to be a black entrepreneur? Yeah, I remember starting our business, this business. Um, 
And maybe three months, four months later, someone else started a business very similar to ours. When we started, we were offered a $150 check. Our price was $3,000 for what we were doing. $150 check to do this. Um, I remember someone laughing me off stage when I said what we did. Um, I remember getting no resources, no nothing when I reached out to local startup community members. And then this person that starts it, that was not African-American, that was just white, um, starts it and embraced, like pulled in, hey, here, have these clients, have these clients. And I'm thankful for that. I'm so thankful for that because it showed me, one, that I can do anything because we have people, we had people offer us office space in LA, Paris, Mm. South Carolina, New York for free, all over the world. You know, we've had clients in all of those places too, and we've worked for it. We work very hard for it and we've earned everything that we've gotten, you know, like that, that is the experience in Milwaukee and whether that's intentional for people, I don't, it doesn't really matter. Like that's not the point, but that that's been the experience in terms of us thriving. Like it was just, fuck it. You know, like that's always been the mentality. We named our company urban misfit ventures on purpose because we knew people wouldn't like it. We knew some people wouldn't want to do business with us. The ones that did, it's like, okay, we fuck with you. Like yeah. that's, that's just always how we've been. And like, that's been our draw. We attract a very specific client base, a very specific community. And we decided we were going to get so good that no one could ignore us. And in yeah. terms of like the, me embracing my blackness, it's, it is the obligation. I feel an obligation to never, ever allow anyone that looks like me to have to go through the things that I've been through, like a deep obligation. I don't know why that wasn't there before. Yeah. And I'm so ashamed that that wasn't there before. You're trying to win, man. Like, I, I, I get it. I see it. You are winning. Is that where part of this thing is? Like, like I, my periphery is is I'm ignoring it because I need to stay tunnel vision in order to make this thing work. You were already confronting all these challenges. And you're like, how am I going to get over that hill? Do you think that's what played a part into you not trying to have quote unquote social responsibility, or was it something else? Um. I think it was mostly tunnel vision. I need to get to this destination. And when you're black, it's black is like, we want to say blackness is power. Like we say it internally. We say it in our families, be proud, but we're taught subconsciously or straight up like that blackness is weakness. You know, blackness sucks. Blackness is poor. Blackness is angry. We're taught these things. So maybe it was me subconsciously being like, hey, like I'm going to shrug all this off and I'm just going to be me. I'm going to be weird. I'm going to dye my hair white. I'm going to just be whatever I feel like I am. So maybe it was that, but I don't know, man. I, for me, it was, I'm going to get so good. And it's always been like this. And it doesn't matter what I look like. And I thought I was being an example, but I, I realize now, and it's been all these conversations, you know, like it's been all these conversations that I've had with people of all different races and backgrounds. Mm-hmm. I realize now how important it is to just say, I am a black entrepreneur. Or I'm black, you know, mm-hmm. like that, that is so, so, so powerful. And I can't pinpoint think, what it is. Yeah. Do you think, so your aspiration for success and, and to really, gather all that you can out of life i mean it's 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 obviously extremely evident but how how would you influence or how would you use your your influence on multiple platforms at this point for people who don't have that same aspiration who are just like hey man like 
I don't actually give a shit if I end up at Home Depot or I actually am cool if I mow lawns the rest of my life or whatever. Does that, is that cause any issue for you in terms of how you want to help? No, I think that's fine. I'm actually envious of those people sometimes. <laughs> and it's like, why do I want to do these things, bro? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think that's fine. Like there are certain things that are important to people that aren't important to me. And that's totally fine. The biggest thing for me is like, I want to show you that it is possible. You know, I, I've been so like, I didn't realize it, but I was just so burnt out from everything and I'm finally good. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm perfect. I feel great. But I was playing video games like all the time. Like that's all I was doing. And I was like, I'm so fortunate to be able to do that. I don't think it makes me happy. And I had to go into this weird mode where I just was just gone and drifting and I needed that. And if you want to be at Home Depot, fuck it, man, do it. Like, hell yeah, find out what makes you happy. Like, I, I don't care. I just want to show that whatever it is that you want to do, it is totally possible regardless of what you look like or where you come from. What do you say to someone like me or the people, like I said, that look like me or that need to be educated? Like, what can we do to do our part in this situation, which you and I both know for the rest of our lives will always be like this humongous stamp um, in history. Yeah. What can we do to do our part? Yeah, I'd say number one is get uncomfortable, man. Like people are afraid to ask questions. Ask, if someone gets mad at you for asking, good. That's the black experience. That is frustration, anger, like get uncomfortable, be, open to being wrong and being yelled at and all these things because that you need that. Um, I'd say that's, that's a big one outside of that. Like I was reading this article about like all these top directors and writers and it was, it was great. One person in there said, stop, you like, stop asking how to create a diverse room. Just create a fucking diverse room. You know, it's not that hard. Do that. So this podcast, bro, like I respect it. Like do it. If it's wrong, whatever, like you'll figure it out. Like you'll yeah. learn, like, I love this. I love this. Just interview people, you know, like yeah, talk, whatever it is that your craft is, like just do the thing, you know? That's, that's funny you say that. Uh, I, I was quiet after everything that unfolded because I was, I never do all nighters. I'm an early, early riser and I was doing all nighter. And then I came across the video and then I was like, I don't even watch the news that much. And I was like, what is going on? So I didn't know what to do for a couple of weeks. And I was like, I just need to think of how I'm going to process this. I don't know how to feel. I feel like you'd land on any side of the fence right now, no matter what you say. And then I was just like, what, what do I do anyway? I tell, help people tell stories. So like, ding, ding, ding. Like, I can't believe it took me that long to figure it out, but the effort is, is there. And I think the effort is there for anyone who actually, who, if you give a shit, then you will figure it out, I think. So anyway, man, um, thank you for all your time. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, where do you want them to find you? And uh, yeah, we'll end right there. Yeah, you can find me on any social media platform at tag just Q. Um, otherwise, my website, I think it's quintedalms.com. Um, yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to episode 43 with Q. Uh, please hit him up if you have any questions or if you just want to see what he's up to. And obviously you could follow us as well at Rich Cardona underscore for Instagram, Rich Cardona on LinkedIn. You know the deal. So last thing is we're approaching episode 50. Uh, 
I absolutely love doing this podcast and I want to make sure as many people as possible can hear it, uh, can get gain experience from it, can gain value from it. So if you enjoyed it, if you liked it, if you took anything away from this podcast from Q or any of the others, please leave a rating or a review because that is what helps it go further faster. And I would love your help. I'd be supremely grateful if you took the time to do that. Enjoy. Talk to you next week.